All right. Hi, my name is Miles McDonald. I'm part of the DDA5 cohort uh, at the National Software School. Um, that's a cohort focusing on uh, data analytics and data science. Recently, I've been working on my capstone project, which is um, I'm still coming up with a final title, but I like to call it Insights into Chess uh, Gleaned from the Top 100 Rankings Over the Past 21 Years. Whoa, okay, we're going to talk about that. I'm excited. Uh, but first, we always love to hear the story of before NSS. What were you doing? How did you decide to make a change in your life? Uh, so I was actually a corporate bankruptcy attorney before NSS. Um, corporate bankruptcy. I feel like that's that's a lot of work. Right? Yeah, it, it was a, a ton of work. Um, I went to law school at University of Chicago, then spent a year clerking for a bankruptcy judge in Delaware, Spent three and a half years in Delaware, uh, a year in New York, and then about nine months in Nashville working as an attorney. I think, you know, at a certain point, I just I started experiencing a lot of burnout. Um, the lifestyle of an attorney is not very good. You know, it's 60 to 70 hours a week of work. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was fine when I, I, I was able to tough through that when I was in my 20s. But you know, once I hit 30, I started thinking more and more about whether this is the sort of lifestyle I want to have for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, I decided that it wasn't. I worked on a big financial fraud project um, at one of my firms and done a lot of Excel work involved with that um, and started learning Excel really heavily. And so I kind of had a little bit of an experience, you know, exposure to data analytics. And, and, you know, I investigated more and I thought it'd be something that would really suit me. Um, just the, the analytical nature of it, the focus on, on um, deconstructing data and finding you know interesting answers from big data sets, all that sort of stuff. Wonderful. Well, good for you. You know, I mean, I know that that was a, a big lift to get to that point and to have those experiences, but to make the decision to say, hey, I, I don't know if I want this entire lifestyle. I might want to change it up. Congrats for, uh, I mean, that takes a lot. Thank you. Um, it was a big decision. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But here's the thing, though. What I love about these stories that we always get to hear from NSS grads, no matter what your background is, I mean, whether you're new to computers or you, you're proficient already or, you know, whatever your job circumstances might have been, you can – it's still relevant. You can st – I'm sure there's going to be ways you can still call on the, the experiences and, and these other skills that you're now combining with your new skill set. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think the presentation and writing skills I picked up, um, you know, working as an attorney will, will be useful in this career. Um, you know, I think I have the ability to sort of look at the results of something and then communicate back really well. You know, this is this is the big takeaway that, you know, we can draw from the data. Sure, sure. I I love it. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think that's a good transition to talk about your project and tell me a little about what it is that you've created. And then please tell me how you made it. Yeah. So uh, I used to play chess competitively growing up, you know, all the way until the end of high school. And I was pretty good. I, I peaked out at a rating of like 1850, which is not master level, but relatively close. And uh, my interest was really peaked because the world championships uh, occurred about a month ago between uh, a Norwegian grandmaster, Magnus Carlsen, and a Russian grandmaster, Ian Nepomanchi. Um, so these, these things came up in my mind and I said, you know, I, I'd kind of like to find something, some data analysis to do with chess. So I poked around a little bit 
and uh, FIDE, which is like the international organization that that regulates chess, has been issuing um, top 100 ranking lists for the past you know 21 years, ever since July 2000. And so my thought was, well, I could probably do some interesting sort of statistical analysis uh, based on these ranking lists, um, some interesting like country of origin analysis. So it was an interesting project. I'd say the, the biggest hurdle was was pulling all of the ranking lists and combining them. So it's I think it was something like 240 web uh, separate web pages. So, you know, I had to create a, an interesting for loop to pull all of them down. And then I had to also, you know, the, I think actually the biggest hurdle was I needed to take the title of each web page and create a month and year column based on the title. So I had to do a sort of for and enumerate loop, um, that, which I don't think I had really done before. I, I think we discussed it in class once, but never in that much depth. Um, but eventually I, I figured it out. I pulled all the web pages down, combined all of them, created this you know massive data set spanning 21 years. And I had a few questions in mind uh, that I thought would be interesting when I when I started the project. So the biggest one of them, or maybe not the biggest one, but one that popped into my head immediately was the USSR and Russia had historically dominated chess, um, especially from like 1950 to 2000. Uh, essentially, every world champion was Russian or from the USSR or Russian other than, um, you know, the infamous Bobby Fischer. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that was one of the reasons why it caught, you know, he was chess became so famous at the time in the U S was because it was just astounding that an American had beat had actually won. Um, chess is, you know, someone else in your cohort, at least one or two of the people that did chess projects and, you know, it's just such a fascinating game, especially when you think of it with the lens of data analytics and thinking about the patterns and the, I mean, all the things. So tell me more about what was your main objective and, and how else did you a- arrive with using the tools to get there? Yeah, so I'd say first I wanted to see if Russian dominance had faded. Second, I wanted to see if the uh, there's been, it's been a topic in the chess community, it's called ELO inflation, whether the average rating over time has is rising because of, of the way the system is designed. Um, and then third, I want to investigate sort of the, the dominance of two particular players. So one is Gary Kasparov, who was the youngest ever world champion and held it for about 20 years and was the rank one player for essentially that entire time. And then now Magnus Carlsen, who's been the world champion since... 2013 and he's successfully defended his title five times and then the last one was uh the last thing was looking at sort of how has the average age of chess players changed you know in any significant fashion over the last 20 years and i actually have you know found some interesting results i mean first with the country of origin that one wasn't too hard i split my my data sample uh into four different sets so 2000 to 2005, 2005 to 2010, 2010 to 2015, and 2015 onward, and just looked at the number of at the country of origin uh, counts for each of those slices of the data set, uh, and it clearly shows a, a downward trend, a significant. <laughs> don't be wrong, Russia is still the most represented country on the list at any of those phases, but their dominance has clearly started to fade over time. Catching um, them slipping. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly enough, India is the biggest gainer over that time period. Um, maybe that's not too surprising, uh, 
because there was an Indian world champion um, for about six years. And, it, you know, it might be that his his success has caused popularity of chess to shoot up in India. But, so you know, some interesting trends there. The Bobby Fischer effect, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, one of the other things I looked at was immigration of chess mm. masters. <laughs> and on that, <laughs> on that regard, the U.S. is clearly the biggest beneficiary. I think 11 grandmasters have immigrated to the U.S. over the past 20 years. So we may, we may not be creating as many homegrown uh, grandmasters as other countries, but, you know, that's a, that's a uniquely U.S. thing to do, right? right. <laughs> all, all the best come to the U.S., right? We like to hope. So <laughs> let me ask you this. So from your learnings with this, anything else you want to add just from a technology standpoint of what you use to put all this data together and to understand the story it was telling? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a lot of work in Python. You know, first the first thing I did was I, I started doing a lot of, uh, you know, dot .info, which gives you a broad range of statistical analysis. So especially on, like, the change in rating over the time and average rating by age, um, change in the average age of grandmasters over time. I looked at a, a lot of stuff, you know, not just the mean, but also standard deviations, how those were changing. And that sort of gave me a very good grasp. Um, and it was kind of, it's kind of interesting. There's this sort of tectonic shift, I would say, between 2000 and 2012, where the chess cohort, you know, of grandmasters got younger and more variable. And then it sort of looks like there was a crop of grandmasters that rose up during that period and then sort of solidified between 2000 and 2010. Uh, so that was very interesting. And I'm using Power BI, um, you know, one of the visualization softwares to kind of create all these, uh, what I think are going to be really nice visualizations sort of showing like the, the mean dominance of top rank one players and, uh, these specific changes over time. But yeah, it was, it was just a, a whole lot of, uh, you know, statistical analysis in uh, Python and a lot of sort of creating CSVs, but, you know, combining these various data sets, these subsets together into sort of a broader picture as a whole. I love it. So all of this, now what are you interested in maybe doing next with this? I know it's Technically, at this point, you've not even graduated yet, so we're still early. However, what do you think in uh, the future might hold? Well, there's I've been looking around at a lot of jobs and sending out applications. I'd say the, the one I'm most interested in is a, a data data science job for the uh, National Soccer Club. You know, I, I think uh, that that would be very interesting. I've always I played I also played soccer growing up, and when I was coming out of college, more than anything, I wanted to work for the Titans. So doing something in the sports area. Uh, and kind of doing that data analysis to figure out, you know, how are players performing? How's the team performing? How could be performance be improved? I think I'd enjoy that. Another thing I'm interested in is, you know, anything that's, I, I had a lot of exposure to financial concepts as a bank, bankruptcy attorney. And so I think, uh, you know, something in that domain would really fit me well, just combine my old skills with the new ones I've gained through NSS. But yeah, those are kind of the two big areas I'm looking at. Excellent. All righty. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, and I'm looking forward to continuing to follow along.